0: A lot of love in the house tonight. <laughs> Woo! Yes. And if you are sitting on a surface that is uh, less forgiving than a chair, um, we do have a few left in the choir loft. If you've got an open chair next to you, just raise your hand so that anybody who wants to like zip up can zip up into an actual seat, an actual chair, and you know, move in a little, make them easy to find if they're in in the middle and. Come on in. Y'all, y'all want better seats? Do you want better seats? Are you chilling? You can also sit here in the front. If you want to sit on the floor, if you sit here in the front, you have a better view. So feel free to move around, find a spot, sit on the floor. I don't spit much. Just want to see if you're paying attention. All right. Uh, for those of you who don't know or have forgotten, I'm Pastor Mary, I'm your chaplain, welcome back to Loft! Woo! Yes! It is good to be here. Good to be. It is good to be here. It is good. And we've got free things to give you. We are, we are giving away Loft stickers. Yes? So put them on uh, the laptop or water bottle of your choice. There are white on black and black on white. Uh, so check those out. And we are giving cool chapel stickers away. So you want to check that out. That's for you right there. Yes. And we are giving away the entire worship schedule for the month of September. Yes. Yes. There you go. That's for you. And all of these things are available for you free on the lecterns right outside, all right? So when you leave, get your chapel thing, get your law thing, get the schedule, so you know what's going on. Those are really fun. Um, because this is our first week of class, that, yes, yes, that is the reason you're here, actually, actually, yes. Tuesday, uh, tomorrow's not the first day of class in America, we have a holiday tomorrow, yes. Yes, that's right. Lots of holiday activities planned. On Tuesday, the first day of class, pay attention because I know your orientation leaders have told you this, but if you're a sophomore or a junior or senior, you may forget the class schedule changes on the first day because we have convocation on Tuesday. And we are installing our new provost, Dr. Cheryl Branson, which will be awesome. And this is the one day, this and your graduation, when you feel like you go to Hogwarts. So you want to go to Convocation. It will be in the Venord Arena at 9.50. So you want to go to that. Um, Wear Calvin gear on Tuesday if you have a Calvin T-shirt. By now, maybe you have six. Um, If you're an upper class, maybe you have like 32. Uh, Pick a Calvin T-shirt, wear it on Tuesday. Convocation, the start of the new year. There's a picnic afterwards. That's kind of exciting. Picnics are fun. So that's happening. So that means our first chapel is on... Wednesday, very good, our first chapel is on Wednesday, all right, so all y'all are here now, Now Now's your time today and between now and Wednesday to find your chapel buddy, find somebody you can go to chapel with, you can meet, you can find your zone, say like this is the third RVD zone over here, or you know, this is like my apartment over here, find your chapel buddy, find your chapel zone, so you can just come on in and find your spot. Normally now is when I announce an offering and the upper-class students can tell you what is the offering for? (laughs) The Community Care Fund slash us. Yes, that's why you heard both of those answers. The Community Care Fund is what we give for every Sunday at Loft. And so that if there's a student, for example, who um, has a death in the family and can't afford to fly home, let's say the student is from California or uh, New Mexico or... England. We can contribute to the plane ticket to get them home in a time of emergency. And let me tell you, those of you who have been here before, that this summer we had a a student, Steve Akeo, who many of us knew because he had a heart transplant while he was a student. He graduated in May and uh, much to our sadness God called him home this summer. And uh, we were able as a community to pay partially for his family to come and be here in Grand Rapids, for them to stay in the Prince Center, and for them to bury Steve. That was your community care fund dollars at work. And you may be sitting here and thinking, I can't believe they actually asked college students for money. What are they thinking? But we really believe that this is part of how we grow up into Christ, how we get ready for adulthood is to contribute to each other and to support each other and get our giving muscles ready. There's a lot in life when you're a college student that you get to take and people are giving things to you. And so on Sunday nights, we have an opportunity to give back. And because y'all, many of you didn't know that, we're not taking the offering tonight, but we'll take it next week. And then at different points over the course of the year, we're going to tell more stories about how your dollar in the basket every week contributes to helping someone else's life go a little bit easier in a time of stress. So just know that that is coming. And then I want to give you some pastoral care updates before we go to prayer. What we normally do here is after the offering, I'll give some announcements about people in our community who may be struggling or going through a season of concern, and we pray for them. And first, I want to give an update from Carissa Groot-Nibbelink. Many of you may remember that last spring, her sister, Jenica, who serves as a college chaplain in um, Ontario, was driving back from a preaching assignment and was involved in a very bad car accident and had significant brain trauma. And we were praying for Jenica and Carissa, who's our student here. And this is what Carissa wanted to share with us today. After nearly six months of hospitalization, Jennica was discharged from the hospital on Friday. Yes. <laughs> discharged on Friday. Yep. Amazing. She writes, Notable and planned future therapy is Jenica's acceptance into an 11-week locomotor training program through Parkwood Hospital's Neurotrauma Rehab Program, which is an innovative mobility and walking recovery program. And then Carissa writes this, The day I returned home for the summer was the first day Jenica spoke since her accident. Good timing, Jenica. That was nice. Also, she is now walking with the assistance of therapists or a walker. And Carissa says, I'd like to personally thank Calvin for the support they've given me. I'm continually grateful for your par- prayers in the past and in the present. And she's discharged from the hospital, but that means that the family is now caring for her at home. And that's a significant change to their lives, 24-7 care for a family member. So we're going to keep praying for the Groot Nibblinks as the years go on and caring for Carissa as she is among us. And then I wanted to let you know that our student Tashara Reynolds, and her picture is here. Tashara is a member of the golf team and she works in IT. And um, this week her mom finished her battle with cancer and was called home. And I think those of you who have lost a loved one to cancer, you know there's this kind of gradual moving and you know that it's coming. And her mom was in hospice care But when it comes, oh. And so Tishara is starting her school year without her mom. And so we're going to be praying for her today. And then I also want you to be in prayer for Lauren Griffin. Lauren Griffith, Lauren. Lauren is from California, and she was all ready to come back to school a week ago. She she and her family were all packed up, and she was diagnosed with cancer. Lauren has cancer in her hip, it's gonna be surgery, um, and they're not sure yet what form of the radiation and or chemotherapy will take. Um, she's really distressed because she loves Calvin and wanted to come back to Calvin. And so we're gonna be praying for Lauren and giving updates. And as I can, I'll post things on my Facebook page and on the Calvin Chapel Facebook page to update you on these things. This is who we are as a community. Um, and know that just be- when you have a crisis doesn't mean your picture gets on the screen. These are asked permission to do this. Uh, That's why Carissa and Jenica weren't, right? Everybody gets to control their information. Um, And if you want it just private for the prayer servants and campus ministries, that's fine. We always ask if it's okay if we make it public. So just know that. That's part of how we care for each other. All right. Well, with that, my friends, let's go to our God in prayer. Our God, we give you praise and thanks this day. How good it is to be in this place, to be in this chapel. None of us is here by accident. How amazing that is. You knew before we knew that we would be here in this place on this night. We thank you. We thank you for the answered prayers that many of us have received. Already this year we thank you that some of us moved into a room with someone we didn't know and found out that we actually liked that person what a good thing some of us started the year in a leadership position and we were completely overwhelmed and wondered what we had done and then we found out we were part of this amazing team and we weren't all by ourselves and it was good and some of us came from another country and we didn't know if we'd be able to keep up with the language and we find that we're learning more English every day and it's getting easier and we're even starting to understand the jokes. What a good thing that is. And some of us are coming back and we're moving into houses and we had had these ideas about what it would be like to live with these people and we're finding out it's even better than we thought it would be. Thank you, Lord, for your generosity. We thank you for providing for the Groot Nibblink family. Six months ago, we just didn't know, Lord. We didn't know if Jenica's time on earth was done. We didn't know if she would come back to be anything close to what she was. And Lord, you have answered prayers in amazing ways. So we pray for Carissa, and her sister and her mom and her dad as they adapt now to who Jenica is becoming and what she's learning and how she's growing. And we pray that you surround their family with a community of faith that will shore them up when times get hard or when the progress isn't as steady. And help Carissa as it's hard for her to be away from her family during this time and help us to love her and care for her and let her know that she's not alone either. We pray for Tashara in this season of grief. Lord, we thank you that she was able to name her mom as her best friend and someone who was always there for her. We thank you that their relationship was rich and deep. And yet that means that it will be something that Tashara mourns for days to come. And so we thank you for the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that Tishara and her stepdad and her family do not mourn in vain. They do not grieve like people who have no hope, but they grieve in the full confidence that her mother will be resurrected again. And in the meantime, Lord, surround her with new women in her life, new women who can be role models and encouragers and step in and help her. And God, we lift up Lauren in the deep disappointment of not being able to come back to school and in the scary reality of cancer. We pray, Lord, that you will, fi- you and your power will do amazing things, that her healing will be faster than the doctors anticipate, that she will be back with us at Calvin very soon, and that she, once this battle is done, will live the rest of her life cancer-free. We are bold to pray these things, Lord, but we do them because you have asked this of us, you've said, go ahead, ask for what you need. And so we pray for our campus. We pray for all those who haven't yet found friends, for all who are struggling with homesickness, for everyone who thought their addiction would end when they moved and they're finding out it didn't, for everyone who's scared, How about going to that first class on Tuesday and finding out what's required? Lord, we pray that for those of us who are more comfortable and more settled in this place, that you will give us eyes to see hurting people, lonely people, lost people. And that if we are hurting or lonely or lost, we will be bold to ask for help, to say what we need. Lord, we pray for Dr. Branson as she's installed this week as our new provost and she oversees all of the faculty. What a big job. And she's going to have days when she feels very under-equipped. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you pour into her so that as she shepherds the faculty, she will be given wisdom upon wisdom. She will be able to be strategic. She will be able to be visionary because you are her vision. We pray for President Leroy and the other members of the cabinet that you will give them all what they need to lead us this year. And we thank you for each other and this place and good music and the word. And as we turn to scripture now, Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds So that's something that many of us have heard before will seem fresh and alive and new. And we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all God's people say, amen. You'll find near you a Bible They're black. If you're in the front row, they're underneath you. Do y'all have any in the choir loft? There are stacks of them back there if you need one. We're looking at Ephesians. Anybody got one? Page 951 in your Pew Bibles. Page 951 in your Pew Bibles. You're good? Page 951, Ephesians 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 16. Our focus for tonight will be on 13, just so you know kind of where we're going. So this is Paul writing to the church that he founded in the city of Ephesus. And he says this, I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, There's one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people, When it says he ascended, what does it mean? But also that he had descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. The gifts he, Christ, gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Until all of us come to the unity of faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. So if I asked you, what goal do you have for this academic year? How would you answer the question? For some of you, the goal of the academic year is to be done with the academic year because then you are done with college. Woo! Yeah. And you have been working toward this goal for some time. You took the 100-level classes. You took that tech class, that fit. Is that what they call it? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You took Prelude back when it was Prelude and now it's first-year seminar. You took the 100-level classes and the 200-level classes and the 300-level classes, and now you're into the thick of the 300-level classes, and you got that capstone course, and you've got it all mapped out, and you know your progress, and you are going to hit your goal. For others of you, if I said, what's your goal for this academic year, you'd be like, I would like to know what I'm going to major in. That would be awesome. But you can also make progress toward that goal. You can talk to people and try in different classes and take tests in career development. And you can see how God is speaking to you and guiding you into a particular major. You can make progress toward that goal. For some of you, the goal is, I want to be first chair in orchestra. And I'm going to practice an hour every day, except on my Sabbath. And am going to practice an hour every day to achieve that goal. For some of you, it's like, I want to take this much time off this swimming event. And you know how you're going to get there. But what if I asked you, where do you want to be spiritually at the end of this academic year? Huh. And we could come up with things like, I'd like to be kinder. Right? Or um, uh, maybe scripture memory. I could memorize four psalms. You know, like two a semester. Or... Um, um, I'd like to be better at worshiping. Um, so I'm going to go to chapel three times a week. But it's a little harder to measure that progress, isn't it? It's like, wow, I was... I was really overweight and flabby, spiritually speaking. And now I'm like super fit and trim. Like how do you measure spiritual progress? It's it's really hard to do. Because the truth is, we kind of start something and then we fall back and then we try again a little bit and it's really slow. In fact, there are people who have said that spiritual growth is the slowest of all human movements. It's like, these plants that try to grow on the very edge of the Upper Peninsula in Michigan. I was there just over a week ago on the edge of Whitefish Bay, which butts up right against Lake Superior. And you know, when you're driving through, you, it's, you're like you're in lush forest and it's beautiful, and slowly the trees get a little shorter and they thin out. And when you park at Whitefish Bay and you get out of the car and you walk to the nature preserve, there's a sign. And it says, stay on the path. Because the growing conditions are so severe there. It's so hot and dry in the summer, and the winters are just nasty. Like, even more nasty than ours was last winter. The winters are so harsh that if you step off the path and you step on a plant, it may not recover for years. Up there they measure the growth of the plants in centimeters spiritual growth seems a lot like that doesn't it we're trying to grow in really harsh conditions that's the situation paul was writing to here in ephesians paul started the church in ephesus some of you may know this story Um, It was a little bumpy at the beginning because uh, he went in and he offended some people and they really liked their goddess. And her name was Artemis. And uh, he said, yeah, she's not so great. I got something better. And they didn't like that. And there was a riot. Paul went into Ephesus, which was this magnificent city and they were so ticked at him that they rioted. They filled the theater, and they all started chanting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! I believe that she will win. I believe that she will win. They all started saying that, and it was this big turmoil, and anybody who was seen as being in agreement with Paul was marginalized by society. It was tough to grow spiritually, in a place like Ephesus. And part of the challenge too is that because it was so hard, there were people who were always kind of on the bubble. They'd be like, kind of in the church, kind of in the temple, kind of in the church, kind of in the temple. And we can see when we read the book of Ephesus and we read the book of Acts, that there were these people who were really mature and they were in the core group and they were trying so hard and there were these people kind of on the bubble all the time. And the people who were in the core were trying so hard to grow, and it was hard because the people who were immature kept pulling them down. You have a shopkeeper in the church who's really trying hard to, to dedicate her business to the Lord, and then you got this shopkeeper who's like, you know, I'm still going to tip the scales in my favor, literally, because I don't really trust God to care for my business. And you had somebody that pulled out of the temple life to great cost, and then you had somebody else, because he had political connections, who was going to the temple and the church, you know, just to hedge his bets. And maybe you had a family who really liked the church and really liked people, but they realized it was going to be hard to be part of the church, and so anytime some cool prophet kind of wandered through, they would take the person in and get to know him. and what's it all about, tell me more, And the immaturity on the outside of the circle was making it really hard for the mature people to grow up. Because immaturity, a short way to think about immaturity, is I matter. I matter. And in fact, I matter more than you, and I matter more than you, and I matter more than the organization. I matter more than anything. In fact, I matter most of all. That's immaturity. And if we're trying to grow in faith, like the people of Ephesus are trying to grow in faith, we are very aware of how immature people hurt us. Some of you made a commitment last night in the time of reflection. And you said, this year is gonna be different. I was a certain type of person in high school. I'm not gonna be that kind of person anymore. The challenge is, some of the people from your high school go here. And they're not really interested in seeing you grow. Or maybe you got a boyfriend back home, and you're really trying to break it off, and he's like, you know, we can just be friends with benefits. a fresh start, and you really want to give your whole self, including your entire body, to Jesus. You really want to be all in, and you know that the more you text and are in touch with this person, the more he is going to pull you away from growth and push you down into immaturity. And all of us have these habits, right? We all have these habits that keep us from growing, you know, we all start the year, we're like, this is the year, I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier, and I'm going to do my devotions. Right? Yeah, how many of you are like, yeah, that was me, that was made that from, yeah. And day one, you're like, eh, right? Love the snooze button, beep, done. And then you finish the day, and like, I can do it at the end of the day, and so, you know, it's like 1.30 in the morning, and you've been going hard all day, and you're like, I'd really like to read the... <coughs> We want to grow, we want to get better, and there are all these things around us that just pull us down and squash us. In fact, the Heidelberg Catechism, which is one of the statements we use to shape our doctrine here at Calvin College, says that there are three sworn enemies that anybody who claims the name of Jesus has. Three enemies. The devil, the world, and your own flesh. Wow the devil, the world, and your own flesh. All of those things want to squash your growth, want to keep you immature, want to keep you focused on you. I matter, it's all about me. Think of how many marketing campaigns we are subjected to day in and day out that tell you that you matter, you matter. You deserve a break today. You deserve this. This is for you. Only you. Don't you deserve this? All of these things conspiring together to crush us. I think we need a little help. I think we need some hope. And the Ephesians did too. And so Paul says to them, he says to our brothers and sisters whom we will meet someday, he says in verse 7, each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Paul says, look, I know all this stuff that I've just said is really hard, you know, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, making every effort in the one body, one future. I know, that's why there's the but. Because he's like laying it out, and everyone's like, oh, we can't, And he's like, but, 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 wait. Each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Paul says Christ has poured out upon you what you need in order to grow. Christ has given you a shield and a fortress against the devil and the world and your own flesh. So, Ephesians, he says, listen, these are the gifts, verse 11, the gifts that he gave for that some would be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity to the the measure of the full stature of Christ. To the full stature of Christ. Not just to maturity, but to the full stature of Christ. So if immaturity is what? I matter, all about me. Maturity is, yeah, you matter. Yeah, you matter. I, I see your point. The full stature of Christ? You all matter more than I matter. That's what we're going for. Paul says, God in Christ has given you gifts, not only so that you're not immature, not only so that you're mature and people matter, but that people matter more than you matter. And Paul writes in Philippians an image of what this was, that Jesus Christ himself did not consider equality with with God as something to be held onto, something to be exploited. But Jesus Emptied himself. He made himself nothing. He took on the form of a slave. And you know why he did that? Because you matter. Because you matter. Because you matter. Because you matter. you matter. You matter. You matter more to Christ than his own life. So, when the Apostle Paul says that that Christ has given us gifts, he's given us the gifts we need so that we can reach that full stature, so that we can say, y'all matter more than I matter. Y'all matter more than I matter and one of the ways that Paul says that we do that that we live into that is by speaking the truth in love by speaking the truth in love we grow up now this is a verse that's been pulled out of context a lot I mean people talk about speaking the truth in love and they really mean I strongly disagree with that person and I'm going to tell them becomes a bit of a bully statement, like, oh, i got to speak to her in love. You're so wrong. I say that out of love. Right, who is that convincing? No one. It's always been the speaking the truth part that we're pretty good at. It's the in love part that we kind of forget, that when Paul is talking about the full measure of Christ, he's talking about a love that is sacrificial. He's not talking about a love that's kind of affectionate. I like you well enough he's talking about love that is sacrificial speaking the truth in a way that lays me down before you and says I will give up my life for you but I need you to know this truth and I'm going to offer it in a way that will be for your flourishing And because this whole chapter is about mutuality and service and the body, it's not just speaking the truth in love. You also got to be ready to receive the truth in love. So several years ago, I was at a conference, and the presenter was talking about the date that he had with his wife every week. They would get the kids off to school, and then the two of them would go out for breakfast every week. And they would sit down and they would order. And then he would ask her the same question every week. He would say to her, how can I be a better husband to you? And she would tell him. She would speak the truth in love and say, you know, this is where I'm hurting this week and I could really use you to do this. And wouldn't it be great if we could do this together more? Great. And when she was done, then she would say to him, how can I be a better wife to you this week? And then he would tell her. So there's this mutuality to speaking the truth in love and being able to receive the truth in love that Paul is talking about. That when God gives us gifts, some of us are pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets to each other. That's a prophetic and a teaching role for a spouse to say to another spouse, this is how you can grow up into Christ. So what does it look like at Calvin College if one of the questions you ask your roommate on a regular basis is, how can I be a better roommate to you? If you sit down with your house and you ask them, guys, do you see some immaturity in me? Some spiritual immaturity that I'm just blind to that I'm not paying attention to? The pouring out of gifts didn't end back in Ephesus. God has given us right here in this space people who want to help us grow up. Right here in the room. Look around. In this room, there are pastors and teachers and evangelists and apostles right here. Some of them have had theological training and are ordained. Most of them haven't. Because when Christ pours out his gifts, he's pouring them out for all of us so that we can grow up together in faith. And the way that we do this is by being able to move into trust space with each other and say, I want to grow up into Christ. I want to reach the full stature of Christ. I want to live my life so that everybody in my room, on my floor, on my team, in my music ensemble My friendship group, everybody on this campus knows that they matter more than I matter. And we can be playful about this and say, this means you will go to dinner at 5.20 and not right at 5 o'clock when everybody else goes to dinner because they matter more than you do. When you're stretching in to get a seat in class, you will let other people go in because they matter more than you do. And it means that when you're in a class discussion and there is a big disagreement about something, you're gonna lay it down. Because that's what God in Christ has shown us how to do. if you want to grow in faith, Christ has given you right here, right now, everything you need. The gifts are right here in the room. One of the things that we talk about at Calvin, right, is responsible freedom, right? Have you heard that yet? You'll hear it more. And it's about welcome to Christian adulthood. That's what we're talking about. Why don't we require you to go to chapel or be in Bible study or go to dorm worship? Because welcome to Christian adulthood. We want you to be free to make choices that help you grow up into Christ. And there is a buffet of opportunities available to you to grow up into Christ. Christ has poured out his gifts on this campus. And if you want to grow, it's all there for you. But Let me give you a warning. If you're going to sign up for this Bible study on James, you better be serious about growing. Because James does not let us off the hook. We move in to a study of James, and James assumes from the very beginning that we are interested in growing. The entire book of James could have James, colon, speaking the truth in love. Like that's the entire book, oh you just wait. He assumes that you wanna grow. I'm gonna assume that if you're here, you wanna grow. That's what we're about here in this space at Calvin College. That's why we do this together. Did you notice that all of these things are body related? That you can't actually grow in faith all by yourself, all by your lonesome? You actually need other people? It's not that Christ gave you a gift and it's like Oprah, you get a car, and you get a car and you get a car. <laughs> and everybody gets to keep their own cars. That's not it. When Christ gives the gifts, he's like, you're an apostle and you're a teacher and you're a pastor and you're an evangelist and you're a pastor. Share it. Share it with each other. Because that's how we grow up together. That's why the name of this service is not Lympha, Living My Faith Alone. The name of the service is Loft, living our faith together. That's what we're going to do here. I'm so excited to see how God's going to work. Let's grow up together. Will you pray with me? Our God, we give you all the praise and thanks for you through Christ have given us what we need. Forgive us when our immaturity claims us, when we wanna hit the snooze, when we wanna avoid the Bible study, when we wanna go back to old habits and old addictions. Forgive us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that right now in this time, you will empower us. You will call us to grow up into the full stature of Christ. So it's not just that other people matter, but that they actually matter more than we matter. That we can lay our lives down, Jesus, as you have laid your life down for us. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you that they will be used by you to grow me up this year. And I pray that, Lord, in your gentleness and mercy, you will use me to help grow them up. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word and the word made flesh, in whose name we pray and all God's people say, amen.